welcome to the High Vibe and Healthy podcast. My name is Fran Dargaville and I'm a functional nutritionist with a passion for gut health and real food. I'm here to share my take on nutrition and health, answer your questions and chat with leading health and wellness experts and all-round inspiring humans. Enjoy this week's episode and submit your questions at frandargaville.com or via my Instagram, frandargaville. Hello, it's Fran here. I just wanted to let you know super quickly that here in Australia, it's the beginning of summer, the cicadas are out, so there is going to be a little bit of background noise in this recording. So please bear with me. It is a great episode. But there are some cicadas going on in the background, and unfortunately, there's not all that much that I can do about it. So please bear with me, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, Fran here, and welcome back to another episode of the High Vibe and Healthy podcast. In this episode, we're going to be chatting about the three types of bloating and how to fix them. You might think that all bloating is the same, but... There are actually different types of bloating and they all have different causes. When a client of mine tells me they're experiencing bloating, I ask some key questions to get a sense of which type of bloating they have and what's causing it. And this is cool because we don't always need to jump straight to doing functional lab testing like the GI map gut test, for example. Because in some cases, especially if people haven't tried a lot, if they're sort of more on the beginning of their gut health journey, I can get a really good sense of what is going on based on their symptoms alone. And then we can address that through nutrition and supplements and lifestyle. And in a lot of cases, that's going to get them to a really good place and they don't actually end up needing to do the gut testing. However, for the people that have tried everything, or they've already tried these foundational pieces and they're not seeing enough of a shift, that's when the gut testing comes in because you may have something, you know, a little bit more complex going on that we can't identify through symptoms alone. So something that drives me a little bit nuts is all of these people online, on social media, sharing videos, trying to normalize bloating. Now, some degree of bloating is normal, you know, experiencing A tiny little expansion of your stomach, of your abdomen after eating, that is normal. But there are all of these people sharing videos of them looking six months pregnant after eating and saying that's normal. And that is absolutely not normal. You shouldn't be in pain. You shouldn't be experiencing severe bloating after meals. And if you are, that is a clear sign that something is up. And you really need to address that because you don't have to put up with feeling super uncomfortable every single day after meals or even just when you wake up in the morning. And I definitely get it. I used to experience a lot of gut issues back in the day when I was on my own health journey. And I know how frustrating and uncomfortable it can be. So, yeah, I just wanted to make it clear. A little bit of bloating is normal, especially if you've had a big meal, but it shouldn't be painful. It shouldn't be really uncomfortable. And you shouldn't have to avoid wearing jeans that fit you because of it, which is something that I've heard from a lot of my clients as well. Okay, so let me touch on these three types of bloating and then we'll go into a little bit more detail on each of them. Number one is bloating all the time. So basically you wake up in the morning and you're already feeling bloated before you've even had any food or water or done anything in your day. 
Number two is bloating straight after eating. And number three is bloating two to eight hours after meals. So I'm going to go into each of these now and explain them a little bit more and then explain what is likely to be at the root cause of each of these types of bloating. So number one, as I mentioned, was bloating all the time. So these people often wake up and they're already bloated before they even start their day. The bloating may get worse during the day, but it just never really goes away. Now, what this tends to be is a gut motility issue. So essentially your transit time or the rate at which things are moving through your digestive tract is too slow. So essentially you're backed up or constipated. Now you could still be having bowel movements once, twice, even three times a day and actually still be backed up or constipated. Now I know that might be a little bit confusing, but essentially if that's the case, you're just not clearing things out adequately. So this might sound a little bit strange or a little bit TMI, but this is when it's often those you know unsatisfying bowel movements. So you could still be having a bowel movement every day, but it doesn't feel like you're clearing everything out essentially. Or on the other hand, you may only be having bowel movements every second day or every few days or even less than that. So that's obviously a clear sign of constipation. So this constant bloating that is hanging around all the time, even if you haven't recently eaten anything, is typically due to this sluggish gut motility which means that in order to actually get over that, you want to address the root cause of that sluggish gut motility. Now, some foundational pieces can help here. Things like drinking more water, getting moving for at least 30 minutes a day, even going for a brisk walk is perfect. Using a squatty potty can really help as well. Of course, having plenty of fiber-rich foods like fruit and veggies, as long as they feel okay on your digestive system. And going for more cooked veggies can be helpful here as well. But if you've done all that and you're still dealing with this constant bloating, then you want to get to the root cause of that. You might need to take it a level deeper. And that could be due to some sort of digestive dysfunction. For example, your liver and gallbladder might need some specific targeted support. You may have some sort of thyroid issue going on. That is a really common root cause of constipation. Or you could potentially have some sort of gut infection. For example, candida overgrowth, fungal overgrowth can often lead to constipation. And then that can lead to this constant bloating. So as always, I would always start with those foundational pieces first, because for most people, that's going to address the issue of sluggish gut motility. However, it's good to know that there are options and there are further things to look at if you've tried all of the foundational pieces and you're not seeing enough of a shift. Okay, bloating type number two is bloating straight after meals. And that's different from number three, which is bloating two to three hours after meals. Bloating straight after meals tends to be due to digestive dysfunction. So generally speaking, you're lacking the stomach acid and digestive enzymes needed to break down your food. So we want to identify what that is specifically, whether it is stomach acid that you're lacking or digestive enzymes or a combination of both. And we can get a little bit of a sense of that based on which foods you are having more trouble digesting. So if you tend to have trouble digesting proteins, for example, meat and fish, 
then it's more likely that you have low stomach acid. Likewise, if you tend towards getting reflux or indigestion as well, then it's highly likely that low stomach acid is an issue for you. Whereas if it seems to be more plant foods and fibers or fats, then it may be more of a digestive enzyme issue for you. Or if it seems to just be more or less everything that you have a little trouble digesting, then it could be both the stomach acid and the digestive enzymes. Now, there are some places to start with addressing this. Firstly, mindful eating. So if you take the time to sit down, eat slowly, chew your food thoroughly, and eat in a relaxed state as much as you possibly can, that's going to be really supportive of your digestion. So it's going to help you get into a relaxed rest and digest state. And that's going to basically help your brain signal to your digestive system that it's time to rest, digest, produce those digestive juices that you need to break down your food. And that's going to put you in the best position possible to digest your food as optimally as you possibly can. So that one is a non-negotiable. You can also support your production of digestive juices by having a little bit of apple cider vinegar in water before meals, as long as that doesn't irritate you too much. For some people that have reflux, this isn't going to be suitable right now, but otherwise having that little bit of apple cider vinegar in water can basically stimulate the production of those digestive juices. Aside from that, you can also take stomach acid supplementation and digestive enzymes. However, with the stomach acid supplementation in particular, I really only recommend doing this under the guidance of a practitioner because it's not suitable for everyone and you can actually do some damage if you're not doing it in the right way. So know that that is an option for you, but it's not something that I'd suggest going out and doing on your own. If it's just the digestive enzymes that you feel you need, this is something that is more suitable for you to do on your own. So you can find a high quality digestive enzyme supplement and give that a go and take that before your meals, generally 15 to 30 minutes before meals and see if that helps with your bloating. I'm interrupting this episode for just a minute to share a brand new special offer with you. If you enroll in December to get started in one of my four-month one-on-one programs with me or High Vibe and Healthy Mama with Andesha to get started in Jan or Feb, you'll get a bonus $200 in high-quality practitioner-grade supplements. This way, you'll be able to relax going into the holidays knowing that your health is taken care of for 2023 and you'll have the perfect post-holiday reset. Head to the link in the show notes or my Instagram bio to learn more and save your spot. Okay, so that was type number two, bloating straight after meals. Now let's move on to bloating two to eight hours after meals. Now I know this sounds weird and it's kind of really specific and it might sound a little bit confusing, like what's the difference between bloating straight after meals and bloating two to eight hours after meals. That makes no sense. So let me explain. Basically, it takes that amount of time after meals, generally at least two hours, to start essentially the fermentation process of the starches and the fibers that you're eating. And that fermentation causes gas, and that gas can cause bloating. Now, most people might experience this to some extent, for example, if they eat 
a ton of lentils or a ton of chickpeas or something like that. But if you're having any sort of plant foods, perhaps things like garlic or onion, or really there are a lot of different types of plant foods that can cause this fermentation reaction, then you're definitely going to want to look into SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And it's believed that around 80% of people with IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, have SIBO. And that's when we see these, the low FODMAP diet, for example, which is recommended for people with IBS and also the SIBO diets. They're very low in these specific types of carbohydrates or fermentable fibers, essentially. Now, if you're having this sort of SIBO fermentation response and that is what is causing your bloating, I really wouldn't mess around here for too long. So what you can do short term is try a low FODMAP diet, try a SIBO diet. These are very often a last resort because they are really challenging to do. And again, I'd suggest doing these with a practitioner because most people doing it on their own end up just struggling too much and not actually doing it at all. So it is a little bit complicated. It is a little bit challenging because there are lots of different foods. And also, for example, a serving size of one food may be okay, a small serve. But then if you have a larger serve of it, then it's not actually suitable with the low FODMAP or the SIBO-based diets. So what you can do is have a go just for a couple of weeks of doing the SIBO or low FODMAP diet and see if that helps your symptoms. You can do that or you can get help from a practitioner straight away to give that a go to see if that helps. Or you could go straight for the SIBO test, which is a breath test. And honestly, I'd probably recommend doing the testing straight away, but obviously going with the diet is going to just be a more affordable option. The SIBO test isn't too expensive. It is a couple of hundred dollars. But if you do have SIBO, you really want to identify that because you want to address it so you're not struggling with this bloating ongoing. If you do identify SIBO as the root cause of this bloating, then that's something you want to address. So you address that through either antibiotics or through herbal antimicrobials, herbal supplements, And that basically wipes out the bacterial overgrowth. And then at the same time, you want to be doing this either low FODMAP or SIBO diet and also improving your stomach acid levels because improving your stomach acid levels prevents this from just popping back up again. So a lot of people will go and do the low FODMAP diet and they might either take antibiotics or do these herbal antimicrobials and then they don't actually address their stomach acid levels So the SIBO ends up popping up 6, 9, 12 months down the track all over again. They have to go through this entire process all over again, which is definitely something we want to avoid. So please consider that stomach acid piece if you're going down this path. And I also want to briefly mention that the low FODMAP diet or SIBO diets, these are not suitable to be on long term. These diets are very restrictive and they also have an impact on your gut health because we know we need this variety of plant foods to feed our beneficial gut bacteria. But if we're avoiding them long term, that's going to have consequences for our gut health. 
And it's also just really restrictive and really hard to basically function in the real world, you know, enjoying meals out at cafes and restaurants and all of that as well. So please don't do that long term. If you have already been stuck on a SIBO or low FODMAP diet long term, then definitely get help with that to get yourself off that ASAP. Okay, so let's recap. Those three types of bloating are bloating all the time. Basically, you wake up bloated, you stay bloated all day long, and that is generally that transit time gut motility issue. So you really want to address that. Bloating type number two is bloating straight after meals, which is generally due to that digestive dysfunction, whether that's not eating in that rest and digest state or having inadequate levels of stomach acid or digestive enzymes. Type number three is bloating two to eight hours after meals. And that's generally more of that SIBO or fermentation response. So you definitely want to identify whether that's an issue for you, ideally through the SIBO breath test, or you can also have a go on the low FODMAP or SIBO diets and see if that helps your symptoms. And if you do identify that this is a problem for you, then you want to address that ASAP so that you're not stuck on a restrictive diet long term. Now, a little caveat for you, 99.9% of the time, bloating is due to at least one of these types, but you may have bloating that covers more than one of these types. So for example, you may have that constant bloating due to poor gut motility, and you may also have bloating due to SIBO on top of that as well. Or in some cases, it's due to something in addition to these causes. For example, a parasitic infection or candida overgrowth. And if you think that might be the case, it's probably worth considering testing your gut to get to the root cause of your bloating. And if that's something you're interested in doing, you can take a look at the gut testing package on my website to learn more. And I'm sure some of you are now wondering whether you should do the SIBO test or the GI map test or both. I almost always start with the GI map test because that provides really helpful information for everyone regardless. However, if you specifically have that bloating around two hours or more after meals, that's when you would really want to consider doing that SIBO test as well. So if you're not too sure about that, feel free to reach out to me and I'm happy to clarify what is, you know, the best option for you. But yeah, GI map test is going to be really helpful for pretty much everyone. It gives us a really comprehensive picture of your gut microbiome, but it doesn't specifically identify whether you have SIBO. So you will need that separate test if you suspect that is the case. So I hope you found this helpful. If you have any questions at all, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. My Instagram name is Fran Dargaville. And if you enjoyed this episode and if you got something out of it, I would be super, super grateful if you took a couple of minutes to hop on over and leave me a rating and review wherever you're listening to the podcast. I love reading your reviews and it's really nice to see new ratings coming in all the time. So thank you so much in advance and thank you to everyone who's left a rating or review in the past. Alrighty, have an awesome day and I'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the High Vibe and Healthy podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to chat with me about how we can work together to reach your health goals, head to frandargaville.com. To connect with me day to day, Instagram is the place to be. Follow me via my handle at frandargaville. 
And finally, please note that the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not considered to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment.